Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, turn with me in your Bibles this morning, if you would please, to two selections of Scripture, Hebrews chapter number 11 and Judges chapter number 6. Hebrews chapter number 11 and then Judges chapter number 6. Please, we're going to look this this morning uh, in this hall of faith. We've been here the last several weeks or so. I've taken a text from this passage of Scripture in Hebrews 11, and I'm going to do it again. The same today, look at a man in Hebrews chapter 11, and then we'll find out who this man is. Hebrews chapter number 11. Go with me to verse number 32, if you would, please. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. Would you underline that, place that in your notes, out of weakness were made strong? These men, these ones that we're speaking of here, these women here in Hebrews chapter 11, if you were to study their lives, there was nothing special. They were ordinary men and ordinary women who were weak. But God, through their weakness, used them in such a great way. They quenched the violence of fire. Just look and see again what they've done. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. I want us to look in verse number 32. There is a man by the name of of Gideon. A man by the name of Gideon. Let's go to Judges chapter 6, and we're going to find this man, Gideon. Verse number 11, And there came an angel of the Lord. Judges, Judges chapter 6, verse 11, And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, and pertained unto Joash the Abazite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Here's Gideon is at a time in Israel's history where it is a dark, dark, dark time for Israel. God has delivered Israel out of the hands of the Egyptians and and they've come into the promised land. The judges are now ruling over Israel, but Israel has turned from God. One of the the commandments the Lord gave to Israel was not to have any other gods before me, but Israel now is in a place where they're worshiping other gods. They have failed to follow the plan that God had for them. Now they find themselves, as Gideon says, 
Why then is all this befallen us? And I, I want you to look at this statement that Gideon makes. And where be all these miracles which our fathers told us of? And where be all his miracles which your fathers told us of? And I, 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 as I was reading through this and I saw this statement that Gideon made, I want you to just think about Gideon's heart here. He's living in a day, the Bible tells us that he is, he is um, working down by the wine presses instead of the threshing floor, which would be up high. He's hiding down by the wine presses and he's, he's uh, uh, working there so that the Midianites don't see him and come and, and take what uh, he's working with. And, and so they're living in fear. They're living in bondage. They're, they're living in confusion. And, and Gideon even says, where is this God of miracles? We, we heard all about him. We, we've heard from our fathers that he delivered us out of Israel. We heard from our fathers what he did for us in the wilderness. We heard from our fathers what he did in Jericho and, and all the mighty miracles that God has done. But I'm living in a generation that I don't see God working. Is he done? Is his miracle ceased? Is this what we have to look forward to? And Gideon is pouring his heart out to this angel of the Lord as the Lord is coming to him. And, and, and uh, Gideon was just an ordinary man. I want you to see with me, the, uh, Gideon, his reaction is he's just some of the, the lowest. He says in verse number 14, the Lord looked upon him and said, go in, in this thy might and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, this is Gideon's reaction, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is the poorest of Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. Gideon is saying, my family is poor. My family is nothing in Israel, and I'm the least in that family. There's nothing special about me. Gideon was an ordinary man. And God was about to use this ordinary man in a very mighty way. I believe that Gideon and us in this room have a lot in common. We're just ordinary people. And my prayer is this, though, as ordinary people, we want God to work. I know I have asked the Lord this same question on many a days, where is the God of miracles? We've seen God do incredible things, and sometimes in dark days like Israel is in, we wonder, where is the God of miracles? Where is the God that we've heard of in the past? Where are all the miracles that God used to do? Did God stop doing miracles? Church, has God stopped doing miracles? No. He's still powerful in this generation. He can still save the multitude in this generation. He can still shake cities in this generation. He can still turn the world upside down in this generation. Our God is not sick. Our God is not feeble. God is still God, and nothing can stop our God. Amen. Do you believe that today? I believe that Gideon was in a day like we are today. 
It seems difficult. It seems dark. It seems like the forces of evil are strong. It seems like the forces of evil are continuing to take ground. There has never been a greater day, I believe, to preach the gospel message of Jesus Christ. There has never been a greater day for the people of God to stand for God and see God do a great and mighty work. And God right wants us to be right in the middle of everything that he's doing. Amen. Do you realize this? God did not need Gideon. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, as we read through this and we read of all these men and these women that God used, do you recognize that God did not need them? They needed God. But God allowed them to be right in the middle of everything that God was about ready to do. Gideon is, in verse number 11 down to 13, when he's saying in verse 13, where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us. He's delivered us in the hands of the Midianites. Gideon is blaming this all on God. Gideon is looking at the situation he has found himself in, and he is saying, God, this is your fault. And we're just a victim. Gideon is the least of this very poor family. And my question is, how can God use this man who is just an ordinary man, the least of his family, and his family is the least in Manasseh? His family is poor. His family has nothing. His family has no fame. His family has no riches. Yet God is going to use this ordinary man. Aren't you so glad this morning that God still uses ordinary people? Gideon was just an ordinary man. And today I want to look at several things here today that I hope will encourage us because I know this. God wants to use you today. And it's easy as we sit in a very dark world, it's easy as we sit in a place that seems like evil is just continuing to get worse, it's easy to give up, it's easy to sit back, it's easy just to simply say, God, uh, it's your fault and I'm just going to simply live my life and, and die. Or every single person here today can say, God, I am going to allow you to use me in however you choose to do something mighty. I want you to see with me in verse number 14 again. Let's look here again in verse number 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And then look what he says. Have not I sent thee? He's asking Gideon this question. He gives him the command, you're going to go and you're going to save Israel and you're going, to, you're going to defeat Midian. And then he reminds him with this question, haven't I sent you? Isn't it me that has called you? Gideon then says, oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? How am I going to do this? My family is poor and I am the least in my father's house. I'm nothing. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Surely I will be 
with thee. Would you mark this down, please, this morning? God uses common people. God uses common people. So often we think that we have to be something or we have to know something or we have to have some kind of talent in order for God to use us. I see as we're looking at Gideon this morning that Gideon was just a common, ordinary man that God was going to use in such a great and mighty way. God didn't see Gideon as he was, but he could uh, he saw Gideon as what he could be under God's power in his life. And when God sees you and God sees me, he doesn't see us what we are in our own strength. He sees us what we could be if we surrender to his power and his authority in our life. You see, God is looking for this ordinary man because through this ordinary man that has surrendered to God, God is going to receive glory, not Gideon. There's not a person that's going to be able to say, Gideon, he did this because look how strong he is. Look how talented he is. Look how famous he is. Look how rich he is. Look at what family Gideon comes from. No, they were going to say of Gideon, look what God did through Gideon. Gideon had no resources, but God can. Gideon had no talent, but God can. Gideon had no riches, but God can. Gideon came from a nothing family and was the least of that family. But God, through his power and might, used Gideon. And there was a great victory that day. God wants to use you. I believe in this generation, there are so many people that God has a desire to use, but many of people just see themselves as common. I don't have much talent. I don't have much to give. You just simply give yourself and let God use you and you will see an incredible work of God take place in this generation. I wonder what God could do with this type of crowd if each and every one of us were surrendered to the Lord this morning. What God could do? What God could do with our church? There's still some three and a half billion people that have never heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ around this world. What could God do with a a surrendered church? You see, God uses common people. Look with me, if you would, please, in this same chapter, but in verse number 34 of this chapter. And I want to show you why Gideon, we'll get into it this morning, what Gideon is going to do, but why God could use Gideon. Verse number 34, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Gideon was a a common man. Gideon was a common man from a very poor family in Manasseh, and he was the least of all in his family. But something changes when God gets involved. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, Gideon was going to face a battle that he could not face in his own power, but there was going to be victory because of the Spirit of God. You and I can accomplish great things for God, but we must be surrendered uh, to God, filled with His Spirit, and allowing the Spirit of God to lead us into all areas in our life. Go with me, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians. I... I like what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he says in chapter number 1 and verse number 26, For ye see your calling, brethren, 
how that not many wise men after the flesh. Paul is saying, you see God's calling or God's hand upon you. You recognize this, God doesn't call many wise after their flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Those are the people that God uses. God uses the weak. God uses the foolish. God uses the feeble. And God then equips them with His Spirit. And when God's Spirit comes upon any man, great and mighty things are done for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God uses common people that are surrendered to God's Spirit. It isn't the the scholarly that God uses. It's those that are interested in a relationship with Him. It isn't those that have ability, but those that have availability. It isn't one that says, I've got great ability, but it's the one that says, I don't know, I don't have much, but God, I'm willing to be used by you. It's not fame. It's faith. God says without faith, it's impossible to please God. We don't do it to seek a name. God uses the common that has faith that God can Oh, if we were a people that had the faith that God could do great things. Allow us to be a part of what God is doing. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And He does all of this for one reason, church. He does it so that He gets the glory. You see, God doesn't need large crowds. He just needs faithful God doesn't need uh, fame, famous people. He just needs faithful. God doesn't need great ability. He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God is just needing common people that are willing and surrendered to His will that allow the Spirit of God to lead them. And in doing so, God receives the glory. My question this morning, how many of you want God to receive the glory in your life? then some of us have to stop trying to be something and just simply be surrendered to Him. Stop trying to make a name for ourselves and let God be glorified. Stop thinking that we need to get to a certain place before we can start serving and just start serving the Lord where you're at and let God use you. Number two, would you write this down? Not only does God use common people, God uses cleansed people. Look with me, if you would please, in verse number 25 back. In Judges chapter 6, the story of Gideon, in verse number 25, Gideon is commanded by the Lord. It came to pass that night, in verse number 25, that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal. Can you believe this? Right in Gideon's family, Right in Israel. Remember God said, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. The very first commandment. God said, I'm going to give you a land, but when you get into this land, I don't want you to worship their other gods. And Baal, Baal was uh, the god where they were uh, sacrificing their children to. 
Baal was a god that they would come and fornication happened there at the, the altars of Baal. Baal was a, 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 a god of sexuality and perversion. I, I would say this, I believe that many in America are worshiping Baal today. The god of perversion and sexuality. This is the time that, that Gideon is living in Israel. This is supposed to be Israel, God's uh, chosen people in God's chosen land. And, and, and Gideon wonders, where is the God that all these miracles once uh, came from? Where is the God that I heard of from our fathers? Where is the God that led us out of Egypt? Where is the God that did all these miracles? I'll tell you where he is. He's watching his people worship other idols. And he's grieved. And he says to Baal, he says, Baal, I want you to take, and I want you to throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. And then I want you to do this. I want you to build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in, in, in this ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood. He says, I want you to get rid of your idols and I want you to get clean. I want you to stop worshiping Baal. Listen to me today. God uses common people when common people are surrendered to him and God uses cleansed people. If you want God to use you today, you must take the idols out of your life. Church, we must be clean. You know what is saddened to me as I read this passage of Scripture? Right there in their own yard, there's an altar to Baal. Right there in their own uh, yard, in their own property, on their own land, they have planted a grove of trees to Baal. And so often we can look at the condition of our nation. So often we can look at the condition of our world. But where we must look is the condition of our home. Is there sin in your home? Church, we have got to stop playing games with God and get clean. We've got to stop fooling around with sin and wondering what is, where is the God of revival and where is the God of miracles and where is the God and why is He letting this happen? Look at our own homes and see the sin. He said to Gideon, Gideon, if I'm going to use you, it isn't your fame, it isn't your riches, it isn't anything that you possess. I can use a common man, but this common man must be clean. Anything that you put above God is an idol. Anything that you are enjoying more than enjoying your relationship with God is an idol. I ask you this morning, are you a common man? Do you have a desire to serve God? Just simply allow the Spirit of God to use you, but you must be clean. God doesn't use dirty vessels. Amen. Are you clean? You say, look at me, I look great. No, I'm talking about your heart. Is Jesus Christ number one? Is there anything in your life that you are holding back from God? Is there anything in your life that you're playing games with? Is there anything in your life that is a secret sin that you say, well, no one else knows? Well, listen to me, my friend. God knows. 
There should be nothing between me and my Savior. Nothing. Is there sin? Listen to me, if there's sin in your life, you should not be able to come to the house of God and feel comfortable. God help us if we ever get to the place where we can all live sinful, wicked lives all week long, come to the house of God, check it off our list that we were here to worship God and go back in our sin. Listen to me today, if you're involved in some affair, man or woman, you need to get right with God today. If you're involved in fornication, get right with God today. If God is not number one in your life, get right with God today. Stop playing games with God. We have this generation. We have this time. We have this moment. And God deserves our praise. And God deserves our worship. And God deserves our service. Let's not give any place to Satan. Let's give our lives a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Number three, I want you to write this down. Verse number 12 he says to Gideon, Gideon, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. We don't use that word valor often, but that word valor means courage or courageous. He was saying to Gideon, you're a courageous man. He says, yes, you're a common man, and I need you to be clean, but also I need you to be courageous. Listen to me, number three, God uses courageous people. He uses courageous people. Look with me in the next chapter over, chapter number seven, verse number two, if you would, please. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, mine own hand hath saved me. You see here, this in verse number two, this is what God is saying. Gideon, you've got, there's some 32,000 people that are now with Gideon. God said, I don't need 32,000 people for this victory because if these 32,000 people go and get a victory, you know what they're going to come back and say? We are greater than the Midianites. He says, I'm not going to share my glory. I'm not going to share my name with anyone. If this is going to be done, it's going to be done and all the earth is going to know that God did this thing. And so this is what he said. The Lord said unto Gideon, verse number two, the people that are with thee are too many. In verse number three, now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. He says, go to the 32,000 people. And all you have to do is, if you don't have courage, go home. You'd think maybe there's a few that go and their return to the people, 20 and 2,000, and the remaining 10,000. Now, could you imagine Gideon's reaction to this? I mean, he's human. All right, I've got 32,000 people. All right, Lord, the Midianites, they are a great army. 32,000, I'd be excited. Hey, 32,000 people showed up, Lord, what do you want to do? And God says, I want you to get rid of some of them. All right, I'll get rid of a few. 22,000 people. I could imagine Gideon, Lord, isn't there something else I could have said? Nope, if you're fearful and you're afraid, go home. And as those words were coming off of Gideon's lip, 22,000 people got up and walked away. 
Now, 10,000 people is still a lot of people, but 32,000 was a lot more. He watched 22,000 people leave that day. But you know what God was saying to Gideon? We need men of courage. God is looking for brave souls. God is looking for courageous people. Now listen to me, I know Satan is strong. I know spiritual warfare is mighty. I know sometimes it'd be easier if we just quit and walked away. But I want to remind you that God did not give us a spirit of fear. He, he said, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power in love and of a sound mind. We don't have to be afraid when God is on our side. We don't have to, to walk in fear when God has called us to do something. God is looking for men and women of courage that will stand for the things of God, that cannot be intimidated by the, by the enemy. Oh, listen to me, Satan is described in the Bible as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Can you imagine this big old lion with these big old teeth slobbering all over the place looking to devour you? Yes, it sounds intimidating, but God is greater than that lion, and God is greater than this enemy. And God was saying to, to, to Gideon, I'm looking for men that will not quit when it gets hard. I'm looking for men that are focused on the things of God. I'm looking for men of courage that is going to stay in the fight even when the enemy seems stronger. Oh, are you a man or a woman of courage today? Yeah. Fearful people infect others. You know what fearful people say? It can't be done. And it causes others to say, you know what? I don't think it can be done. You know what I believe? I believe in this generation that souls can still be saved. Amen. I'm tired of hearing people say that we're living in a day and age where souls can't be saved anymore. I'm tired of living in a day where people say that revival cannot happen any longer. I don't see that in the Word of God. I'm tired of living in a day where we say that God doesn't answer prayer like He used to. God is still answering prayer. God is still on His throne. God is still a miracle God. And we need to see Him work in this generation and be courageous enough to believe it. When we asked the church to pray for baby Decker. You know, we believed that God was powerful enough to do it. How old is he today? He's over two months old, still gaining weight. That wasn't just, well, pray for baby Decker. No, we believe that God could save him. I can't wait to see what God is going to do with little baby Decker's life. He might be the next missionary that goes into the places, the darkest corners of this, of this world and takes the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know who's going to get the glory? God is going to get the glory. 
We've prayed for healing. We've prayed for miracles. And we have seen God do great things. I'm tired of people saying that God doesn't answer prayer anymore. Fearful people infect other people. I'm saying this to you and I'm proclaiming that God is still on his throne. That God is still a miracle working God. That God is still performing miracles. That God is still receiving glory. That the devil has not won. That God is going to send his son again. That Jesus Christ is going to return. He's going to set up his kingdom and we are going to rule and reign with Jesus and in the end Jesus Christ wins glory be to God God uses courageous people don't give up hope don't give up faith Bible says that God gives a spirit of love and of a sound mind you know what love dispels fear Let someone break into your home and try to hurt your family. And the most timid of person will become a courageous man. Why? Because when someone messes with someone that you love, you become courageous. Our love for God should come, should cause us to face our fears. Our love for God should cause us to be courageous because he is worthy. Number four, would you write this down? Look with me in chapter seven, verse number four. Are you with me this morning? Chapter seven, verse number four. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are yet too many. 10,000 people and you got too many people. Bring them down under the water and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. What he's saying to Gideon is this, and I've been to this place in Israel, I've been, I've knelt there at this water, and you could see these 10,000 men come to this water source, and God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some more out, just simply listen to what I say. The ones that need to be with you, they're going to be with you. The ones that need to go home, they're going to go home. He says, this is what I want you to do. He brought them down to the people to the water. Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knee to drink. And the number of them that lappeth, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down unto the knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the the, uh, 300 men that lappeth with, I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go, every man to his own place. So let me get this right. We start with 32,000. All we do is simply ask a question and 22,000 people leave. And then God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. I want you to go. And all those that kneel down like a dog and lit, laps out of the water, send them home. But those that just simply drinking water as they watch, those are the ones. And I know what I, if I was getting, I'd be hoping. The 700 are the ones that sat on a knee. But no, 700 or 7,000. All those that come 
I guess that my math is really gone, huh? <laughs> 9,700. I hear you whispering. He can't count. You're right. I'm just trying to help Gideon here. Whatever the number is, only 300 people stayed. 300 people left out of 32,000 people. And God said, okay, that's who's going to go. Would you write this down? Number four, God uses cautious people. You say, wait a minute, I thought he uses courageous people. He does. But he also here uses caution, courageous and cautious. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeketh whom he may devour. You know what he's saying? Be careful. Gideon's family had an altar to Baal. They weren't cautious. Be careful what you allow in your life. Be, care, be cautious what you allow in your presence. Satan is real, and you must stay on guard, church. Don't let your guard down. Don't, don't fall for a sinful lifestyle. Be cautious. God, God uses common people. God uses courageous people. God uses, uses cautious people. God uses cleansed people. And I want you to see in verse number 12 of chapter number 7. Read that with me if you would please. In verse number 12 of chapter 7. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for a multitude. Now, that sounds like a lot of people. And how many did Gideon now have? 300. 300. So let me, let me set the stage here. God says to Gideon, Gideon, I want you to go in at nighttime and I want you to go into the camp of the Midianites and uh, I want you to spy out the camp. And so Gideon all by himself, he goes in with a friend. He goes in, just these two of them go into this camp and they come into this camp and they see the Midianites and the Amalekites they're, 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 and the, all the children of the east, they're laying in this valley, just, just covering this valley. Their camels were without number, meaning they couldn't even count the amount of resources this army had. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. So Gideon comes close to a tent and he's listening to this man in the Midianite army begin to say, I had a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came into a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it. And the tent lay along. The tent lay along. In verse number 14, and his fellow answered, the guy that this guy was talking to answered him and said, this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel. For into his hand hath the God delivered Midian and all the host. <laughs> here's, here's Gideon. He goes in. He listens to this story, and there's these two men saying, one says, I had a, I had a, I had a dream last night that, a, that a, 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 a barley, a loaf of barley just came rolling down and destroyed our tent. And, and that man listening to it says, that dream, that is Gideon. You know what's so interesting? Gideon's name was known in the camp of the enemy. 
You would think that the Gideon, how many men? Well, he started with 32,000 and 20 went home. And then, and then he had 10,000 and then all but 300 went home. You would think that those people that knew of Gideon in this story in the tents of the Midianites would say, let him come. But instead they said, we're in trouble. And think about this. All of these people in all of these tents and all of this camel and all that just covering this valley. The Bible says you can't even count them. And Gideon just happened to come up close to the one tent that God gave the victory through a dream to? Isn't God a wonderful God? You see, God uses confident people. Now, now, now he is confident. He is a confident man. He goes back in, in, in verse number 15. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshiped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. He became a confident man. Now he says God is going to give us this great victory. He needs to understand that God is with us. And oh, listen to me today. We can become confident in serving the Lord when we understand that God is with us. He's with you. The victory is his. Gideon hears this dream and tells his men, we have won. God is going to give us victory. And you know what is so interesting on this? They use this this barley loaf. This is the most interesting thing. A cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian. Do you know what barley bread was here? It was the most common bread. It was a poor man's bread. Just barley bread. God used a poor man, a common man, a man without fame, to defeat the entire host of the Midianites. And in this dream, you know what they saw? Just a loaf of barley. Just a common man's bread, just a poor man's food. And God takes ordinary people to do extraordinary things so that He receives the glory. Amen. You, you see, today you can have confidence that God is mighty, you can have confidence that God is powerful. And every one of us in this room can have confidence that God can use you. You've just got to be clean. And you've got to be confident. Gideon says to those 300 men, we won. We have won. Now, don't you think those 300 men were kind of wishing that some of those other thousands that left wouldn't have left? But you know, because Gideon's confidence in the Lord, it caused confidence in the lives of those other 300. And they went out and they let God do a battle and get the victory. And God beat the Midianites that day. And oh, listen to me today. No longer can Gideon say, where is the God of miracles? Gideon now says, here 
He's the God of miracles. If you simply let the Spirit of God lead you, if you would be clean, if you would be confident that God is going to win the battle, you will rise up and say, here is the God of miracles. Here is the God of victory. We are living in a generation that I believe that God wants to do wonderful and powerful things. How many today in this room will say, God, I'll let you use me. However you choose, use me so that you receive the glory. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.